Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. I hope that you're doing well here today on January 4th, 2024. Excited to be talking about everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics as Lockdown Blue Devils is your daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of the Duke Blue Devils. From football to men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, softball, right around the corner, we discuss it all here on the show. If you have not done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast for free, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Also be sure to watch our show daily on YouTube. Hit the like button. Share this video with your friends. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Your support means a whole lot. Go ahead and also follow us on X at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm there as well at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. On today's show, we got to talk a little bit about the play of Tyrese Proctor, who's now two games back from an ankle sprain injury. He's been coming off the bench in both of those games. Is it time to bring him back? And we'll have our pal Jordan Mann on the program to join us for today's show. And in fact, we'll go ahead and bring him on in. Five wins in a row now for the Duke Blue Devils. And for the first time in the new year, I am thrilled to be joined by my good pal, Jordan Mann. Hello, friend. Hey, brother. How are you doing today, man? Uh, good to see you. It's been a little bit. Been yeah, since last year. Yeah, it's been since last year. Happy New <laughs> Year again. And uh, yeah, massive win. And it just goes to show you, JJ, that, hey, results in November and early December do not mean much because the <laughs> team's starting to find a groove five in a row, five and three. The panic button was getting hit by a lot of people, but now Duke's sitting 10 and three, and now Duke's fans are reevaluating like, well, this team is pretty good. And thanks, shout out to uh, McCain. Jared McCain's just keeps on shooting that thing, man. And God, I love seeing him, seeing him have this confidence. He's a fan favorite already for sure. He's one of my favorites. So much energy that he brings to this team. And uh, we're going to continue to discuss what Jared McCain has meant to Duke over this five-game winning streak because I think it ties in a lot to Tyrese Proctor. And that's what a lot of people want to discuss uh, right now in the Duke sphere. And so that's what we're going to do throughout the course of our conversation here today. Two games back for Mr. Proctor. He seems to be really settling in. 27 minutes played. The other night, knocked down a couple of three-point shots from the outside. He had four assists. He actually played more minutes out on the floor uh, than Caleb Foster did. So we'll get to the big question in just a moment about whether or not he should be back in that starting lineup. But just simply, Jordan, what have you thought of his play so far? Yeah, I think Shire's done a really good job easing him into the Queens game and then really letting him find his groove against Syracuse. And yeah, his ankle looks good. I mean, he's attacked the rim both games. He's been back. And then well, I was really impressed with his transition three that he made against Syracuse. It was a pretty big three. Duke already had the momentum, but it was more of a dagger three in the situation. And uh, I'm proud to see his progress with his ankle because I know that's tricky. And I think Shire's done a really good job of starting Caleb Foster these last two games and basically allowing – Tyrese to earn those minutes back to where he was a starting point guard. And like you said, we'll dive into that. But yeah, playing 27 minutes off the bench is uh, pretty solid for Tyrese. 
Well, even in the Queens game over the weekend, there, there's the 15-minute restriction that had been kind of thrown out there by the coaching staff, the training staff involved with Duke basketball as to what to kind of expect from Tyrese Proctor. He plays 17. He's out there a little bit longer uh, than I think he was supposed to be. And then a big jump. Now he's playing 27 minutes uh, for Duke out there for a good portion of the second half, a half in which Duke really started to separate themselves. Are those two things correlated? Did it feel like as he was getting into more of a groove, Duke started to separate themselves? Can we pin it on him alone? Or maybe just the the fact that Duke started to knock down a lot of shots in the second half? I, I like you trying to spin a narrative, JJ. You know <laughs> more about narratives. But I think it was a perfect uh, – I think it was a perfect snowball effect. I think yeah. that he was, he was hot, and so Shire kept him in and kept that lineup in. And, I mean, Duke was up, I think, two at halftime, and then they right. outscored Syracuse by 18 in the second half. And I think Tyrese Proctor was one of the main reasons. And also, like, McCain played well, and Mark Mitchell had a – Mark Mitchell was the only one that could score the basketball in the first half for Duke, and he – he lit a fire for Duke in the first half, but I think, yeah, I think he uh, Proctor just showed what he was, what his capabilities were in the second half compared to Caleb Foster last night or and a couple nights ago, JJ and Tyrese. Yeah, it just shows when the guard play at Duke because coming into the season, JJ, we knew the guard play at Duke was legit, but it was inconsistent to start. Now you're starting to see him really click with Jared McCain and Tyrese Proctor having these massive games now with Jeremy Roach. I mean, the sky's the limit, really, I'm telling you, with this season. And so I'm excited to see a healthy Tyrese Proctor now with the confident Jared McCain. Yeah, watch out. I mean, look, we're, we're, we may be jumping the gun a little bit early here that uh, we, we just two games into ACC play, right? And we've only played kind of one since we've jumped into uh, the full conference slate. It's a, a bit of an easier stretch for Duke in their schedule right now compared to what they're going to see in the back half of the ACC season, but a lot of momentum at the end of the season last year with some of the adjustments that John Shire was making in terms of lineups and rotation and that sort of thing. It's a little easy to get overly excited about what we've been seeing these last few games, man, because if we put together a second half like last night, holy cow, what this Duke team's going to be able to do. Yeah, if Duke uh, can go into every game or every half and not miss a three-point attempt, I like Duke's chances. I mean, that was crazy. 0 for 9 in the first half, 8 and 8 in the second half. I like Duke's chances. They shoot 100% from the three-point line, JJ. I love it. Yeah, you're going to win a lot of games if you're able to do that, Jordan. You and I aren't necessarily math guys, but we know that much. That, if that, you is, don't true. that is true. Shot, yeah. That is true. I'm not a math guy at all. You're going to be in a really good spot. All right, let's keep talking about the Duke team, and uh, we'll continue more thoughts on the five-game winning streak, what's ahead for the Blue Devils after this first time out here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel, of course, is America's number one sports book. This weekend, we've got the NFL regular season wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. You don't even have to get the bet right. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL.
Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Jordan Mann from the Big J and Little J Show, uh, repping the hoodie today of the program. Tell the good people about your show, Jordan. Yeah, we uh, shout out to my brother. Got this for me for Christmas. They will be, I will have them out and I'll send out a link, tweet out a link whenever I have them. But yeah, Big J and Little J Show is now full force in the basketball season. We'll come out with an episode next week. Uh recapping the Duke-Syracuse game and then previewing the rest of January, basically, as Duke plays Notre Dame. And hopefully, man, we'll be talking about more Duke basketball winning some big games in the conference play. That's what I'm hoping for, too. I want many more wins for the Duke team. And if they continue to play like they did last night in the second half, I think we're going to see a whole lot of that. Uh, we haven't really mentioned Jeremy Roach, who just ho-hum puts together another 17-point performance, knocks down both three-point shots from the outside. It does not matter – what kind of role that you put him in or we try to label him as with this Duke team, he's going to ultimately end up getting buckets and leading the way for Duke. Yeah, I mean, he's a professional scorer at the college <laughs> level. He really is. Like, I always – every time I'm on the show, I'm always talking about him being a three-level scorer. But just look at the buckets he made last night. I mean, around the rim, mid-range, three-pointers. He was two for two from three. He just continues to shoot the lights out of it, J.J., from three-point line. <laughs> he's just – that was the one question mark in his game coming into the season. He was more of an inconsistent three-point shooter, but dang, man, he we're 13 games in, and that guy can still just shoot the rock from three. And I just, yeah, I love his game and his leadership. We'll see what he can do moving forward for the Stoop team, continuing to lead the way for them and continuing to, uh, you know, you wonder if, if the law of averages is going to bring those outside numbers down a little bit for Roach. But as I talked about with uh, Josh Cox on the show yesterday, you've got a, a game against Queens where Roach goes 0 for 3 from three-point range. Oh, no, 50%. It's going to fall down a little bit. But then last night goes 2 for 2. So the average just kind of jumps right back up there. So uh, I don't know. These outside shots are unbelievable for Duke, just pulling up the numbers and, and how successful they've been. It was early in the season that there were games where it was like, hey, get to the second half and Duke really kind of turns it on. Michigan State, for example, really started to shoot the ball well in the second half. And whatever these locker room adjustments are, or if it's just getting your legs back underneath you as you get to the second half of these games, man, the ball is just finding the bottom of the net, which we love. Yeah, it just seems like they're getting the shots in the shooter's pockets. Like when they're penetrating and kicking, it's accurate passes to where they're shot ready and hitting, knocking them down. And speaking of law of averages, I'd love to see Mark Mitchell – get his law of averages because he scored 21 points last night. He's he's deserving now of hitting a couple threes in the next five attempts. If he goes two for five in his next five attempts, it's 40%, and that's all I care about is a little sample size. So we'll, <laughs> we'll take out the previous shot attempts, but give him that two for five stretch because, I mean, I know you guys probably talked about it, you and Josh, but 21 and seven – or 21 points and six rebounds, man, like he – He's just a glue guy, and he really is. And even before this game, I think he's – we've talked – we had the whole episode where we talked about him. And I just think that he's been okay. It's just people see the glaring missed shots. And I think he's – look, he is what he is. And last night proved it that you don't have to shoot a three and knock down threes to score 21 points in a basketball game. And I'm a fan of Mark Mitchell, and I think what he does to Duke is he's a glue guy, and that's what he needs to be for Duke to be successful. He's dunking a lot more this year as well. I mean, he's getting a lot of easy looks at the rim. We've been talking about that a lot for Kyle Filipowski, uh, considering the hip procedure that he had a year ago. But, but Mitchell, not only he, – he's not necessarily making those shots from the outside, but he's playing above the rim a good bit. He's having strong finishes 
at the rim, several and one opportunities that he's had so far this season. But uh, my goodness, he's getting a lot of easy dunks right there underneath too. Yeah, he's doing that. And uh, to flip it on the defensive end, like Duke was in foul trouble against Syracuse. I mean, they went through three or four bigs and they all had two fouls. And Mark Mitchell was the guy that was consistently down there battling with a big man and holding his own when it was either Phil Pauski or it was Ryan Young or it was Sean Stewart or TJ Power. It was always Mark Mitchell that was down there too, holding his own. And so he just that's what he does, man. He just is a basketball guy and he hustles and I'm proud of him and I'm happy for him. And I hope that this is good things to come for him. And I, I'm going to call it JJ against Notre Dame. He's going to hit a three calling it right now. Okay. We need one. It's been a long time since we've seen one go to the bottom of the net for him. So I like that prediction. I he's due, right? I mean, he's had some games where he's not really taking that many. And so it's, it's hurting the chances to see them go in. That's pretty simple. The more you shoot, the more chances you have of making one. Uh, but uh, hopefully we do get that one coming against Notre Dame on Saturday. Yeah, I think he, he'll shoot his one to two uh, three-point attempts against Notre Dame, and it's going to go win. I'm calling it right now. What could go wrong, JJ? We can flip <laughs> this and see what happens. Yeah. But he he earns it. Basketball gods work in mysterious ways. So, Mark Mitchell, congrats on your three-point shot that you make against Notre Dame. Certified shooter now. We love it. I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, a couple of days out from the game, we're already giving him a make from three-point range. <laughs> uh, so what does the lineup look like, though? Because that's a big question for a lot of people. Obviously, all these guys are going to get a chance to play, but is it time to get Tyrese Proctor back in the starting lineup? Yeah, I would put Tyrese back in the starting lineup. Notre Dame is a good team to – throw it back into what your starting lineup was in case there is some sort of slow start because you're meshing back an old starting lineup. Notre Dame's a team that you want to do it against because Notre Dame's not a very good team this year, JJ. We all knew that coming in. They lost a lot of guys and just roster overhaul. But this is the game where I think just go back to the rotation, Foster come back off the bench, and he can be a productive bench piece for Duke as he's proven again uh, in the Michigan State game. And, yeah, I think that's the way you need to go now. What have you thought about the uptick in TJ Power minutes? Because we're talking a lot about matchups, and, and Ryan Young is a guy that uh, we, we've often talked about. Hey, he's great when he's out there, and then there are games where it's like, oh man, let's let's try to get this guy off the floor. Maybe he doesn't have it. In the meantime, another freshman, TJ Power, his numbers aren't necessarily eye popping in terms of counting stats that he's bringing to the team. However, the minutes keep going up and opportunities that he's got out on the floor keep increasing. Yeah, playing nine minutes. I mean, that's pretty impressive knowing that Sean Stewart played almost four minutes and Ryan Young played around four minutes. So it does show what Shire believes in TJ Power. And I think that it's the smart idea because TJ Power brings you the three-point shot. So if you really want to space out and flips out, with the four guards attacking, then it makes a ton of sense to where you don't want a Ryan Young or Sean Stewart in the dunker spot. You want them more in the short corner or corner three. So it makes a lot of sense in that aspect. And, I mean, he was 0 for 3 from the field against Syracuse, but that's what he's in there to do. 0 for 2 from 3, shoot the thing. Like, that's what you need to do. That's what he's in there to do. So what you miss, keep shooting. And as long as he can hold his own, his question mark is defensive end. And where Sean Stewart is the more consistent, TJ Powers' defense, and I think he's just got to keep proving that. And obviously, Shire has seen stuff in practice and in film to trust him more on the defensive end because playing him nine minutes in the first uh, home ACC game, I mean, that's significant for TJ, who hasn't played that much. Uh, the, the folks in the TJ Power fan club want to take away one of those missed shots 
from the game against Syracuse earlier in the week, Jordan, uh, the, the one two-point attempt that he had was at the free throw line. And, yeah, he's a designated three-point shooter, so we need, don't need to be shooting those anyway unless they're easy lay-ins at the rim. And I don't know if you recall this, but he airballed he right did. to the hands of Mark Mitchell, who put it in right away. So maybe he, maybe he was he was thinking ahead of us. No, see, what happened was when we what I call that is a good pass. So <laughs> it doesn't hit rim, it's a good pass. And it went right to Mark Mitchell's hands. So that's just a great high basketball IQ that TJ Power had to Mark Mitchell. <laughs> we love it. We love it. All right, uh, five-game winning streak for Duke. How long can this thing go? That's a question you might be thinking. And we'll have that conversation after our final timeout here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. All right, got to tell you about our friends over at Game Time. Game Time, of course, is my favorite ticketing app. Excited to see you make Game Time a part of your life as well. The only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices, so your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event or even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. With zone deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for a big-time savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, make sure you create an account and redeem code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We can move forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. JJ Jackson alongside my pal Jordan Mann at Coach J Mann on X at Duke FB Fans. Another show of his to our account of his to go and check out and follow. Uh, we've got Notre Dame coming up this weekend for the Blue Devils, followed by Pitt. And then uh, Duke's got another chance to play Georgia Tech, who they already lost to in Atlanta earlier this season. What do you think of the scheduled stretch right now for Duke? I think it's ideal. I mean, yeah. I really do. I thought it was ideal. We've talked about it. I looked ahead, I think, in one of our December episodes to the schedule. But this is an ideal ACC schedule for Shire. I know, obviously, Duke already dropped a game against Georgia Tech, but that was just early in the season. Good early test. Hey, you failed it, but you can learn from it. And Duke has clearly, clearly has five in a row. And yeah, Notre Dame at Pitt versus Georgia Tech redemption game, and then versus Pitt again before you play out Louisville, who's one of the worst teams in the country. So yeah, it's a favorable home or early ACC schedule for Duke. We'll see how long they can keep this winning streak going. That Clemson game, I think, is going to be pretty huge uh, towards the end of the month on, on January 27th. And then the following Saturday, all of a sudden you're playing North Carolina for the first time this season. And uh, look, the Tar Heels are much, much, much better than they have been in, in recent years. So excited to see those Duke and UNC games. Might be getting a little too way ahead of ourselves right now, Jordan. But uh, look, it's fun to kind of look out into the future as to what the, the sky could be, the ceiling could be for this Duke basketball team. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to a guy, J.J., that before the Duke football season had them going 10-2 and two, reading off the schedule. So if you want to talk about optimistic, then you're talking to the right guy. So I understand. There's Look, it's always fun. We're fans for a reason. You know what I mean? So, like, looking yeah. ahead, 
is fun. Let's talk about the hypotheticals. And so, yeah, reality is just reality. It'll happen in the moment. But right now, it's fun to talk about, hey, five-game win streak. Why can't it be 10 going into Clemson? You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, that's five games coming up. And it really, it is such a favorable portion of the schedule. Why not double this thing and, and be in a really, really good position going into that game against Clemson? All right, we don't need any slip-ups uh, out there on the floor, but it's a Notre Dame team. Uh, that's a little down this year with the new head coach this season, playing Pitt twice in 11 days. I don't think this is Capel's best team that he's had there uh, with Pitt this season. And and Duke's got to get their face back a little bit against Georgia Tech at home, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Duke's had that. They'll never say it. Of course they won't. But that game's been scheduled since they lost – or been circled since they lost at Georgia yeah. Tech. And they, they will not say that because they don't want to have their own writing on the wall. But, yeah, this is for sure. I'm curious to see when we get to January 13th to see how Duke plays against Georgia Tech. They're going to be excited for that one. They're going to be fired up and uh, want to make some good things happen. Uh, that's for sure. So with that being said, I, I think the big question that we've got, as we've talked about today, is just kind of how do you get this lineup clicking at the right time? being able to kind of utilize everybody and make sure uh, that they're all contributing. Jared McCain has been an absolute monster over the past five games. And the fact that he's been able to do two of them with Tyrese Proctor back is awesome. That seems to be people's big concern was, uh, okay, if Proctor's back, do you still get the Jared McCain? But I think against Syracuse, they proved that they can both kind of play well together and perform well together. No, that's a great point, JJ, because that is the game where you needed to know if they could share the floor together because obviously Jared McCain was inconsistent scoring the ball when him and Proctor were on the court together. So seeing them both play 27 minutes with Proctor and 30 for McCain and see no drop-off uh, with McCain scoring 18 points and being that efficient. And, JJ, 13 shots, baby. I told you. <laughs> Let him keep shooting in double figures. I don't care. Let him shoot 10 to 13 shots. So – yeah, it's them sharing the court together, being efficient together, just raises that ceiling even higher for Duke, man. It really does. And I'm excited to see them continue the team chemistry as we play in the ACC play. I can't wait to see more season or more games uh, to, to kind of continue to talk about individual performances from this Duke team. Because again, we talked about kind of Jeremy Roach being this unsung hero for the team and what Proctor was able to do, and McCain was great. And we've yet to mention Kyle Filipowski, the preseason ACC player of the year, who really did not play in the first half. He's on the bench in foul trouble with two fouls. And in so many ways, you look at it being a two-point lead at the break for Duke. And yes, you want to factor in that Duke did not miss a three-point shot in the second half at all. But I, I think that speaks to a little bit of Flip's value that all of a sudden he is getting to be out there on the floor and playing more in the second half. The counting stats might not have been as impressive as they have been in other games this season, but Duke puts together one of their best halves of the year. Oh, yeah, that's a, also a great point, JJ, because that's the thing. It's like you people like to spend narratives. Like in the first half, I was seeing a lot of people complain about Duke's back there always trying to score the ball, like an iso ball. What's this offense, blah, blah, blah. Well, what the offense is, what happens when you lose a potential McDonald's All-American, eight preseason AC player of the year to two fouls, three minutes in the game. That's what happens. You're going to have a drop-off. And you saw that the offense had an uptick, obviously, in the second half, scored 51 points in the second half. Who was on the floor, J.J.? Kyle Filipowski. Even if he only scored 12 points in the game, you have to, as a defense, 
take him out of the game. You have to worry about him. And so that's where Duke has now proven that they can kill you. When you take out Philip, then, all right, we've got Jeremy Roach, Tyrese Proctor, Jared McCain, Mark Mitchell had 21. Like, who is going? Who else are you going to stop? Because you're taking away Filipowski. It gives them open looks. And that's why Duke shot seemed like 100% in the second half, J.J., in total, because everybody was worried about Filipowski. And so it takes Duke's offense next level. I mean, they're averaging 86 points a game, J.J. That's yeah. pretty dang impressive. <laughs> What a performance all around for the Stuke basketball team. Uh, coming up on Saturday at Notre Dame. And then, of course, next week they've got games with Pitt and Georgia Tech. Excited to see it all come together. Excited to have many more conversations with you, my friend, Jordan, uh, as we go throughout the new year together. First chat of 2024 in the books. It won't be the last one. I'll see you again next week, okay? Sounds good, brother. Thank you for having me. All right, that's Jordan Mann joining us on the show today. Go check him out at Coach J Man on X at Duke FB Fans. And go check out the Big J and Little J show. I hear big things are coming for that program in the new year. Let's speak that into existence. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. <laughs>